This morning, I'm sharing on compassionate community. Uh, And I genuinely believe compassion to be like one of the most significant gifts God has given his church. One of the most significant gifts God has given his church. And and compassion in the context of the passage we're going to look at today is a word we all know well, but none of us can pronounce it. It's a word which is splagnizomai. But I think I've said it wrong still. But it, but it talks of this gut-wrenching explosion of emotion from the very heart of you. That comes from the very heart of God. And I often have conversations with people in my line of work who, who share how God has grabbed hold of their heart. What he's grabbed hold of their heart for. And, and when I hear that, it's, for me, it's like gold. It's such a precious thing. And I always say, you know... Do whatever you can do to hold on to that. Do whatever you can do to encourage that feeling. Because when God is sharing his heart with you, it is precious. It is so powerful. And, and in doing so, not only do we discover deep truths about ourselves and, and really understand like, who he's made us to be, but also we, we, we take on something of God's plan and purpose for the world around us. And inevitably, we see him transform people's lives through it. So compassion is this incredible gift, something to be desired after and something to be uh, maintained when we find it. And I would encourage all of us today, if, if, if you're sitting here today and you, say, and you would say, I'm not sure what God has made me compassionate for, then go and ask him. Because I really believe in the heart of each one of us is, is this specific design God's given us to be compassionate for one thing or another. And it's the way he draws us into his great plan for, for the world around us. So as we come together, as we read this word this morning, I want to pray that God, you, you would move our hearts this morning. And Lord, don't just educate us, but let your word capture us this morning for your purpose. Why don't we pray that together? Say, Lord, would you move my heart this morning? Would you capture me for your purpose? Come, Holy Spirit. All right, let's get stuck into our passage and see what God has to show us. So we read in a passage, it's the feeding of the 4,000, not to be confused with the feeding of the 5,000. This was the warm-up event for the one which would follow. Um, so Jesus, uh, if we read from verse 29, is in Matthew 15. So Jesus went on from there. You say where? Um, he's just re- healed the Syrophoenician woman. So he's in like a Gentile region at the moment. Jesus went on and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them, so that the crowd wondered. And when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, they glorified the God of Israel. This is great. And, and like I said, this passage starts, Jesus is in a Gentile region. Uh, and he's just healed uh, this Gentile girl, the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. And he's walking around the Sea of Galilee, ministering to people who do not know the Jewish God. People who do not believe the same thing as him. These are not people who, who have any reason to kind of go along with what he's saying. But they come along and they meet him and they want to stay with him because they see the power of God at work. 
And as he ministers to them, the crowd starts to grow. And, and I suppose I want to point out here that his, his ministry to them is, is not explicitly a preaching about the kingdom of God, which Jesus did lots, or, or preaching about the love of the Father, which again, Jesus did lots. But explicitly what Jesus is doing is he is having compassion for their need. Does that make sense? Like explicitly what he's doing, what's drawing this crowd is that he sees a need and he meets it with the power of God. Now, I don't always believe that we have to earn the right to share the gospel. Who's ever heard of that phrase, you've got to earn the right to share the gospel? Has anyone ever heard that phrase? No? Okay. Well, that's good. (laughs) Let me share a bit. I've heard this phrase a couple of times, and and, and it's basically saying that if you want to be able to speak truth in someone's life, if you want to be able to share the gospel, then you you have to earn the right to do that. You have to... um, I suppose earn that uh, the privilege to be able to influence the way someone thinks by the way you behave towards them now i think there are moments in life where we just have to be brave and share what god puts on our heart whether we know someone or not who you know you meet someone you know in public you've never met them before and you just share whatever god puts on your heart however i also think there there are moments where God's love and God's compassion as displayed through us is like, a, is like a hoe or a rake that breaks the ground for them to receive the seed that is the gospel. Does that make sense? You know, I imagine for many of us, people we shared the gospel with are people that we spent time loving and caring for and talking to and building relationship with. Why? Because we love them. And that expression of love overflows one day when we share the gospel of Jesus and the way he's changed our lives and how he can do the same for them, right? And I think compassion is this incredible gift that God gives us to break ground ready to receive the gospel. Compassion is a tool which prepares people's hearts. I'm so sorry. Am I better up here, Ben? I'm so sorry with this. Okay. Cool. I'll stand back a little bit and see if that helps. But um, it's this incredible tool which just breaks the ground of people's hearts to receive the gospel, to receive God's love. So I say all this to you, knowing that in September we're about to run another Alpha course. Who's been on an Alpha course here? Okay. Look how many of us have been on an Alpha course. Who's loved the Alpha course here? Yeah? The Alpha course, we're running it again in September, and it's an amazing way to share the gospel uh, with people it's an amazing place to bring people if you if you feel like this is something you need help doing sharing the gospel with your friends then bring them to an alpha course like i said we're starting in september and we'll love to pack the room out with people getting to know about jesus for the first time so please can i encourage you start praying even now god who can i bring along to an alpha course who would you like me to invite and let's see what he does so let's get into this passage it talks about compassion jesus has compassion and i want to talk to us today about i suppose the origin of compassion where his compassion comes from and how we can partner with god in having compassion for the people around us so if we go to verse 32 which is the next one uh oh no you're perfect you're there sorry damien thank you so jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry 
lest they faint on the way. So who can spot? There's three reasons Jesus gives for being compassionate here. Who can tell me what they are? Yes, they've had nothing to eat. Any other reasons? Go on, Jane. They're not strong yet, so he doesn't want them to faint as they leave on the way. There's also another bit in there which I think I can class as a reason, which is at the beginning, where it says, he, he starts by saying, they've been with me three days. They've been with me three days. And so I just want to focus on these and, and just, just pull apart a bit about how Jesus has compassion, why he has compassion, and how we can join him in that. So firstly, they've been with me three days. Compassion begins with companionship. Can we say that together? Compassion begins with companionship. So that prefix, com, at the beginning of the word, it means to come together, to come alongside. And, and I don't believe you can have compassion with someone you see begging on the street. Okay? Who's ever looked at someone on the street and felt sorry for them because they're begging? Yeah? Quite a lot of us. I don't see it much in Jersey, but where I used to live, it was, you know, every day. I don't believe you can have compassion you see on someone you see begging on the street. I believe you can empathize towards them, right? You can feel sorry for them. But I think compassion comes when you come alongside them, when you talk to them, when you ask them how they are, when you ask them about their story, when you ask them when they last had some food. That's where compassion really grows, when you come alongside them. You know, think about Jesus in the story of uh, the death of Lazarus, right? Their messenger come to Jesus and they said, Lazarus is really ill, he's going to die, you need to come. And Jesus says, oh yeah, yeah, I'll come in a bit. And then Jesus goes around, you know, he heals two people on the way, doesn't he? He takes a while to get there. But when he gets there, he meets Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, his friends. And as they share with him, we have one of these most iconic verses in the Bible that Jesus wept. You see, at a distance, the reaction is different to when he's right there. And it pulls on Jesus' heart. And I think that's all part of Jesus' plan and purpose, but I think it, it serves to show us that actually for us to really engage with God's compassion, we need to have companionship with people. We need to come alongside people. Um, I want to invite Bev up for a minute to share with us. It's so interesting. I was praying this week. I was like, Lord, what do you want me to share? How do you want me to share it? And, um, and I was like, oh, can you just help me work all this out? And I just bumped into Bev. I say bumped into Bev. Bev is a lady of many hats in this church, and she was doing the books for us at this point in time. Um, and um, she, I came in, and you didn't quite look yourself. You looked a little bit, a little bit off. Looked lovely, as always, but you looked a little bit off. And I just said, Bev, are you okay, my friend? Uh, and, and I just said, how are you doing? And you told me what you've been up to that morning. So can you share a little bit with us, please? Well, my morning began... It's a usual Monday morning. I've got to submit my diary to the wardens and, and Phil and Heather. And so this was for my actions for my work for this week. And as my morning is going, my heart is just stirring because um, things have changed for what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow was going to be chat time. And um, I'd heard that uh, the, one of the care homes was not going to be coming. And my heart just stirred. And it's like, I'm not going to do what I've said I'm going to do. I need to go out and visit because she's not going to get to see us and we're not going to get to see her. So I stopped, got in the car, drove away, 
and I got shown into the dining room and it was just a stillness in the room and it was just so quiet and it was so dull and my heart just broke and I sat between (laughs) and we just talked and then we just just had these conversations what they would normally have had with us at chat time and it was just so lovely I gave my the the flyers that we've got with the new dates on for what chat time because we're now doing two chat times and they were delighted to have this as the reminder of the dates that they were coming they were coming to here to St Matt's to, to have time with us and so I'd, I'd finished, said cheerio, I came out and I thought, onwards, I'm going to go and see And I, I popped in to see and had a really tricky conversation. Her health has gone downhill, but she was so jolly and so chirpy. Didn't have a clue what she was saying, but we just conversed and we had a really good time. And I left, came back, came to the office where Tim said, how are you? And it was like, oh my gosh, what a morning have I had. A fantastic morning, but yet my heart broke. And I'm telling him everything that I'm telling you now with tears streaming down my face as to what God had called me to do, to, to stop my plan of doing what I was doing, to go out and see and be with his people. And it just, and I just had a week of this week of just crying at so many simple things. You know, break my heart for what breaks yours is what has come this morning. And it's like, boy, have I had that this week. But through it all, I'm still smiling because I know it's, it's, it's God's will on me to do this at the minute. And it's like, wow. You know, Tim asked me to do it and I said, sorry, I can't do it. I'm an emotional wreck. I just can't. And he sent me a lovely message yesterday. And I've come in this morning, and, he's, and he said nothing. It's all my decision. I said, I'm for this. I'm going to share. Cause... But it's broke my heart, really has, in a good way. In a good way. I'm prepared. <laughs> Let's give her a round of applause. Come on. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I, I, I cannot give you a better example than the one I walked in on this week. And I think it's, you know, so God's purpose that I did walk in on Beverly this week. And, and, and we honor you, Bev. You're such a fantastic servant of this church. And the way you, you love people of this church who don't, can't attend on a Sunday morning but are in care homes, the way you pull in our community and care for our community is, is fantastic. And we really honor you and the work that you've done in this church over many years and your amazing team that do support you. And they are an incredible team. So thank you to all of them too. But you know what? This is how God moves and works amongst us. As he grabs a hold of our hearts but it can only happen when we're willing to put aside our agenda for a minute and just go and sit with people and just go and sit next to them and just go and love them. This is the best thing because it just exhibits the gospel. And, and I was praying this week as well. I was saying, Lord, I just really want to share the gospel this week. 
And, and I really feel that actually the gospel is full of God's compassion. Am I right? I wanted to do this with my daughters. I'm not sure if my wife would have let me. She sends her apologies this morning because she's not feeling well. But I have my pretend daughter here. <laughs> I'm not sure what would have happened. I wouldn't have laid her down like that, obviously. But the thing is, in the, in the gospel, we see uh, uh, mankind who God created in his image, and he loves them, and he cares for them. Oh, sorry, I should do this first, shouldn't I? Loves them, cares for them, made in his image. And he, and he just loves them with all his heart, but then man starts making their own decisions. They make their own choices. They start living in sin. They go their own way. And in doing so, they, they say, God, we, we've got our own way of doing things. And, and, and they kind of end up in a space where they're alone because they've distanced themselves from God. And I think when we think of God, lots of people's perception of God is that he's up here with a very deep voice. Oh, blessed child, I can see you crying and alone. I was hoping my daughters wouldn't be crying at this point. But I can see you alone. Let me comfort you. Let me feed you. Blah, 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 blah. I will care for you. Let me pray for you. All these sorts of things. But that's not the gospel, is it? Because in the gospel, God gets down from heaven. Jesus comes in the form of a man, humbled and obedient to the will of the Father. And instead of standing at a distance and seeing the brokenness and seeing the pain, seeing the person walking down the street who can't walk in a straight line, seeing the person who's obviously lonely and struggling with their mental health, instead of seeing that from a distance, he comes close and he picks them up and he says, I love you and you're my child and I care for you. And I believe in you and I have a purpose and a plan for your life. And I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. You want bread. You want the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Have me. This is the most incredible compassion that God shows us. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is life-changing news to those who would hear it. And this is the privilege that we have to share with people. That we're not going to stand from a distance and say, Oh, I'll pray for you. Or let let me give you some money. But we're going to come close and say, Hey, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? How can I care for you? Let me read this. I can put the baby down now. From Philippians 2. Lawrence, look after my child. In Philippians 2, it says this. It says, he says, uh, Paul writes, Let each of you look, look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. A babe, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death, to death on a cross. Jesus' compassion for you took him to the cross. He took upon himself all the hurt and all the brokenness and all the sin that kept us bound, that, that, that kept us covered and, and constricted, and instead he released us into righteousness. He released us into a relationship with the Father. And this is the good news that God, the God of love, has compassion for each and every one of us. But it's not just for us. It's for everyone around us. And he gave his only son, and not just us, but the world around us would hear his good news, would know his love. This is compassion in its very nth degree. Let's just take a second, just, just close your eyes, look to the Lord, whatever you want to do. But God, we just thank you so much that you are the purest form of compassion we could ever know. God, you know how we were your enemies 
how we rejected you and despised you, your word and your law. And yet you didn't reject us. You didn't despise us. You said, Jesus, you got in the, in the muck and the filth, not just of the world around us, but of our own lives and loved us. You came and became our friend. And I pray, Lord, with all our hearts, that as we receive the truth of your compassionate love, that it would stir our hearts for others. That if you could love us, then we can love others. So that compassion that we desire, it starts with companionship. But in this place of relationship, compassion also then recognizes a need. It recognizes a need in people. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah good. You all right, mate? How you doing? Yeah? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's ever had one of those conversations, yeah? <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, yeah, good, 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 yeah. But compassion, when it comes alongside people, it doesn't just say, how are you doing? Good, yeah, yeah. It recognizes their need. How are you really doing? Guys, I won't, I'll ask you that later. I better now I've said it. But how are you really doing? What's really going on? It's more than just surface level. No doubt the people around Jesus were elated by the healings, by his presence around them. And, and that sort of stuff masks one hunger. It, it doesn't surprise me they have three days without feeling hungry when they're seeing people healed left, right, and center, Yeah. It's quite an amazing thing. But through companionship, Jesus was able to recognize a need that maybe they didn't recognize themselves, that they were hungry, that they were in need. And, and it gave Jesus an opportunity to love them at an even deeper level. I think on our island, need is quite often hidden. Has anyone ever felt that? It's quite often hidden. It's hidden by people who feel ashamed that they have need in the first place. But it's also hidden by this utopian view of society that we try and project as though everything on our sunny island is perfect. It's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you think it is. It's just not. There is huge need on our island. Materially, spiritually, physically, there is need on our island. There's need on this very street we live on. People in need. And I think we, we often, as, as I suppose, a dull down to think that there isn't need or, or it's hidden so well or we know that there's this and this and this in place that meets people's need we've got healthcare, we've got all these things without recognising actually we've been placed here to meet need too like it's the role of the church I suppose the question I want to ask is are we willing to get close enough to see a need and are we willing to stay long enough to bring healing to a need does that make sense? Are we willing to draw alongside? But then once we're alongside, are we really willing to stop and say, hey, what's the need here? How are you doing? Because their first answer is always going to be, yeah, I'm all right. How are you doing? But there's always something there. There's always need there. And that was a challenge that, that I wanted to bring. And, and I've been praying for months now. It's like, God, can you reveal the need in our community? Because if I'm honest, when I tell the school parents that I work for this church, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's nice. And I think if I'm honest, in in lots of cases, if we ask our community what they think of our church, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's nice. But I think there's more. There's more we can be asking for and there's more we can be doing for our community. 
But unless we really get in it and we get alongside people and ask them how they're doing, then we're never going to know the need. And this is something I've been praying about for a while. We had a guy on the same day, actually. It was about 10 minutes after my conversation with Beverly. A guy walks into the office. He says, when's your, when's your mums and toddlers group? Wasn't that right, Bev? He said, when's your mums and toddlers group? He's a, he was a grandpa. So maybe he meant grandpa and toddlers group. But he said, when is it? And we said, oh, we're not running one at the moment. He's like, oh, I really used to love that. I used to bring my other grandchild to it. And now we're looking after the next grandchild and, and we need something to do. And, and, and I was hoping you guys would still be running it. And, and you know, honoring Liz, who ran it so faithfully for so many years. And, and the fruit that it caused, not only in your own life, because you went on an alpha course through it, didn't you? That's how you came to faith, which is amazing. Thank God. But there's need in our community. Uh, people walking off the street and saying, you know, I, I, can you help us? I want to do this. I really want to encourage you to be praying and asking God, God, would you reveal the need in the community around us? I want to just point out here, because it came to me, we do meet need in our community. And I'm not saying we don't do it at all. And I really want to honor Judy and Vic and the team in Healing Room and the fantastic job they do in bringing healing to people and loving people and creating a lovely space for them to meet with God. I want to... Um, I want to honor the rendezvous team for creating a space for people to come after church and just be loved and encouraged. I want to honor the chat time team that I've already honored already this morning. But we do do stuff in our community. I'm just saying there's more out there, friends. And if, as we get alongside people, we'll see it. And finally, compa- compassion not only cares about the moment, but it cares about the future. You know, you know Jesus was saying... I'm concerned that if I send them away hungry, they'll faint on the way. So not only was he caring about them in the moment, but he cares about their future. Because when we have compassion in a moment for someone, it causes charity, right? But if we embrace compassion, if we allow it to become like a fire that burns in us consistently, that grows within us, that we tend to, that we willingly go back to God and say, God, break my heart again. Break my heart again. I want you to break my heart again for this. If we allow compassion to grow within us, then not only does it do charity in a day, but it causes transformation over a lifetime. It causes people to get to know Jesus, to be discipled and get saved. I suppose in this, what I'm trying to say is, compassion has a cost. It costs God, his only begotten son. I love the story of William Wilberforce. Who's heard of William Wilberforce? Yeah? But you know, he, he spent 20 years going through ill health and derision from all his peers fighting to have a bill passed against slavery in the UK. 20 years he was going at it. And then he spent another 30 years um, uh, fighting for the emancipation of slaves, right? He spent 50 years of his life burning for this thing burning to see this evil abolished in our country and it cost him it cost him his health it cost him so much of his life but imagine that day i think it was like the day or the week before he died they passed the bill for the emancipation of slaves in the uk imagine that moment when the very thing god had created and designed him for the fight of his life he saw victory in imagine that moment it does cost us Compassion does cost us. Discipleship does cost us. And I don't want to pretend it doesn't. I remember sharing a word with Derek a couple of years ago. 
Um, and we were talking about the, the burning bush. And I said, it's interesting that the bush burnt with the very passion and fire of God, right? This bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And that's the thing that caused Moses to stop. It's not that it was burning, but it wasn't consumed. And I really want to encourage you this morning. When the disciples said to Jesus, how are we going to feed 4,000 people? He turns to them and says, how many loaves do you have? And they said, we've got seven and a few small fish. And the thing is, when you have a willing heart, that's enough for God. When you've got a willing heart, that's enough. Whether it's seven fish or a hundred fish, a willing heart is enough for God. And friends, when we have a willing heart, to allow God to, to take hold of us and cause us to burn with compassion for what's on his heart. We will not be consumed by it. But he will give us the grace we need for this willing heart to be everything it's designed to be for the people around us. This is my, yeah, this one, this is what I have. And there's a really simple response in that. We ask God to point out people to us that he's called us to, for us to be compassionate to, for us to really love, for us to stop and not just do the, hey, how are you doing? But to really ask how they are and to love them. There are people in this church because someone else in this church stopped and said, hey, but how are you really doing? And loved them and cared for them and put themselves out for them. But I suppose this all comes as we grab a hold of his heart. And so besides that practical challenge this morning, I just feel like there's a, there's a real desire of the Father to give us his heart. And so can I just invite Amanda up? And I really just had a sense, even when Lou was sharing this morning, that the Father just wants us to know his compassion. So can I, can I invite you to stand if you can? And we're just going to answer that this morning. The last thing I want anyone to think today is that I'm saying we have to do, 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 do more. Because if you, what's the phrase? If you do more, you end up in do, do. Is that the one? Yeah. That's not what God wants. God doesn't want your actions, your do. He wants your heart. So why don't we just open up our hands this morning? And if this is your prayer, it doesn't have to be. But just say, God, I want to give you my heart this morning.